Now, this morning, I thought it might be fun to do a little, um, uh, maybe some interactive stuff. Uh, in you, so you probably clustered up here for, for the most part in, in groups. Uh, I want you to take a few minutes and uh, talk about a couple of things. Answer a couple of questions. Rebecca, you're going to have to find somebody to talk to. Um, uh, but uh, wherever you are, I see you over there. Wait, hi, guys. Hi. Good to see you. Hi there, hi there, yeah, man, we should have planted some trees out here on the parking lot, and then we could have all had the shade. Um, two questions that I want you to talk about for the next few minutes. If you want to gather up with other people and you're comfortable with that, that's great. If you want to just stay where you're at in, uh, in, in your uh, isolated pods, that's great too. Two questions. Talk about, tell about one time when you felt fully alive. Okay, maybe that's bungee jumping, I don't know. Uh, Whatever that might be, tell about one time when you felt fully alive. And then the second thing that I want you to talk about, how would you define a great life? So take the next three and a half minutes, talk with folks, gather up, gather in, in your family with your, with your uh, little pod. If you want to get together with some other people, um, Peyton's coming to join you, Rebecca. Tell of a time when you felt fully alive. And how would you define a great life? Fully alive, how would you define a great life? On your mark, get set, go. I think every week, right before the sermon, I'm going to have Nick come up and give me a big hug. And I think that would be, just kidding, Nick. Maybe not every week, but that's very encouraging. I think hugs might be part of a great life, right? Um, I, I don't. We don't have time to go around today. That's why we kind of broke you up and let you talk in your in your spots. You probably talked about a lot of different things. Living life to the fullest when you felt fully alive uh, probably means different things to different ones of you. Man, this is going to be fun. I'm going to pan clear from here all the way. This is good. Well, you guys are just you get used to seeing my right ear, I guess, but. Um, Anyway, it's, uh, some of you might have talked about skydiving. Nick and I, I tell, told him about a time I went whitewater rafting. That was, uh, that was exciting. I don't know. It's one of those, a lot of times, those times when you feel fully alive, it's kind of on the edge of when maybe you're not going to be fully alive, right? Um, so uh, that one of those experiences for me. Uh, some people might have said, oh, traveling the world, right? Travel was, might have been a part of what you talked about as, as a, a full and a great life um, uh, probably, I'm guessing you talked about family and relationships and friendships and, and deep relationships, right? Um, good health is probably something. We've talked about a good life. Um, maybe uh, just fun, accomplishing things, doing a lot of different things, and the connections that we make, accomplishing things that matter, feeling like your life has purpose and meaning and significance. Um, and, and so, you know, that th a lot of those things are what make up a, a great life. Or uh, this week, I was, you know, as I was thinking along those lines, I was, I, the, the phrase came to mind, it's a wonderful life. And I know it's not... Uh, I know it's not Christmas, but uh, the, the, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, came to mind. And maybe, maybe you love that movie, and it's classic for you. Uh, maybe it's, hopefully it's not controversial. I won't hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I don't know. I've watched it many times, and uh, I just feel like it's a little weird. I don't know. It's just me, maybe. But it, I, Jimmy Stewart's, you know, a little over the top most of the movie, right? And his hair's kind of at one point and more than one point, and he's running through the streets. Uh, and they're... I mean, there's that scene where the gym floor opens up and they fall in the water, right? I mean, come on. That's it's just not, it's just crazy, right, Peyton? 
You haven't seen it? Now I've ruined it for it. You know, it's been out for about 60 years, so I think the whole, you know, that's on you, not on me. You got Clarence, right? Clarence is the tubby little angel that comes, and he's, he's uh, got some crazy theology about earning his wings when a bell rings, right? And, uh, and I mean, I just don't think that happens. I haven't read that uh, in Scripture. But, it, you know, it's a classic. I get it. The sentiment is nice. It's a wonderful life. But then, uh, you know, I go, okay, well, it's a wonderful life, and that's great watching that movie, but then you turn the movie off, and is it really a wonderful life, right? There's a lot going on these days. Uh, you're watching the news like I am. You've got, you know, we're, we're sitting all spread out today because of uh, all the corona stuff. Uh, there's uh, uh, riots and unrest. There's uh, things exploding in the world. Uh, there are fires uh, burning up most of California there's, uh, I mean, double hurricanes, really? That's what's next now coming, right? I mean, it's just, it, it's, uh, you got school starting, but is it really? I don't know, because it's kind of, kind of starting online, maybe for some, and it's, I mean, uh, and all of that is in addition to the regular stress of life, right, and the problems, and, um, and, I mean, just like in the movie, some people have developed some pretty weird theologies around all of that too, right? Uh, I don't know about the whole angel wings and, and all those things, but, but uh, is it really possible to live a wonderful life? Uh, I hope I, I uh, don't go too, uh, too off the rails here, but in the 1940s, there was a guy named Abraham Maslow. Maybe uh, some of you have heard about him or read about him or studied him in, in, uh, in your studies somewhere along the way. He talked about that, that our lives get richer and richer and fuller and fuller uh, depending on uh, having our needs met. And so he had this, there's this whole pyramid thing. We don't have a screen and I don't have a whiteboard to draw it on here, but this, this whole thing. And he talked about how if we have our basic needs met, then we can move on to other needs and other. And so, so uh, if we get those, uh, those uh, different needs met, then we start to have a more, more and more fulfilling life. So first he talked about things like uh, getting food and water and shelter and rest. Um, all of those things are important. If we don't have those things, we, we won't move on to uh, d- deepening our, our lives. Uh, we, we need to make sure that those needs are met. And, and then there's also the need for safety and security. If we don't feel safe, then, uh, then, or if we're, we're always on, on the edge because there's no security, then, then, uh, then that's an issue. And, and then once those basic needs are met, then we can begin to address our psychological needs, right? And things like uh, belonging and, and the relationships that we have with family and friends. And, and, um, and, and uh, there's also a need, Maslow said, for that we needed to accomplish purposeful things or meaningful things in life. And if we do that, then, then we're well on our way to reaching our full potential, what he called self-actualization. It's in the 1940s, you know, it's kind of weird terminology. But uh, when we've reached our full potential, we're leading this deep, fulfilling life. We're doing things that matter. Uh, and argue, uh, Maslow argued that if uh, it all starts at the base, we've got to get those basic needs met, and then we build on that. And, and if we don't have those basic needs met, we'll never be able to move on to address our psychological needs. And, and if those psychological things aren't met, we'll never meet our full potential. And Maslow's work has, uh, has, has been, is, continues to be taught to this day, and there's some validity to it. And, and uh, having our needs met are part of a significant and a wonderful life, uh, but I think obviously he's missing the key ingredient, which is uh, the meeting of our spiritual needs. John 10.10, some of you might have committed that to memory. Uh, The last part of John 10.10, Jesus tells us one of the main reasons that he came to this planet. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
full life. Uh, I don't know if he, I think he's talking about more than uh, whitewater rafting there. Uh, The old King James translation uses the the term life more abundantly. And so uh, Jesus came to give us life, a full life, an abundant life. And so as his followers, we're going to be doing the same thing. We are a part of helping other people, uh, ourselves and other people, to have an abundant life. We have a mission here at Medina Church of the Nazarene. Uh, I think, I wonder if uh, uh, there's a prize afterwards for the first person who can come up here to this microphone and tell me what our mission is here at Medina Church of the Nazarene, on your mark, get set, go. You got to come up here. You got to come up here. Betty, drive on up. Come on, drive on up, Betty. I can't get out there to you. Come on, Betty. Here she comes. Here she comes. Come on. Let's hear it for Betty. I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you halfway. All right. We love people to life. All right. Yes. Thank you, Betty. We live to love people to life. Let's say it all together. We live to love people to life. Okay. You said it really boring, and it's not. Let's try it again. One, two, three. All right. Well, you can say it. Now, today, uh, maybe we're going to be reminded of what that means and how we can live it. Uh, it. There's a whole lot packed in that one little phrase. We live to love people to life. We means all of us together as well as each of us individually, like, uh, right? So it's we. Uh, it's not just me alone, although it is me, but uh, I am part of we. We live to love people to life. So it's all of us together. We live means this is what gets us up out of bed in the morning, that, that uh, we, we have another chance, another day to live, to, br- to love people and to bring them to, uh, to life. Love people. Means that this is all about relationships. That that there's connections that we need to make. Uh, that those are vitally important, not only here at church, uh, but wherever we go, wherever we live. Uh, we live to love people to life, and that's where this abundant life that Jesus talked about uh, comes in. This this uh, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. It says in the message paraphrase, uh, it's life to the full, the best life possible. So we live to love people to life. We're doing all that we can to build relationships with people so they can build a relationship with God. We live to love people to life. Let's say it together again one more time. One, two, three. Now, okay, that's good. I guess. It was a little sing-songy. We'll, we'll keep practicing. I'll give you a couple other, more chances as we go along. So on this Sunday, as we prepare, believe it or not, we're heading into fall soon. Uh, I heard that Dunkin' Donuts just started uh, doing pumpkin spice lattes this week. So it must be fall. I think that's the, you know, forget about the solstice and all those things. It's, uh, it's when the pumpkin comes out at the coffee shop. So uh, we're heading into fall. We're heading into a school year, kind of, right? Uh, I thought it'd be good for us to remember why we're here, that we are, uh, we are living life on purpose. For the past two months, we've been studying the book of Proverbs uh, where, as we try to foolproof our lives, right? And we've, we've uh, looked at ways that we can live wisely. And those 31 chapters really lay out a fundamental principles of how to live an abundant life. If we live a wise life, then these are the principles we can follow in order to lead to this full life that that, that God wants. And we still have a couple weeks left. Uh, Next couple of weeks, we'll 
We'll talk about uh, what Solomon says about living in relationship with each other, especially in family dynamics and those kinds of things. But today I I wanted to to pull back just a little and uh, remind us from the book of Proverbs why we're here. That, 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 that we're to be living a, uh, a, a, an abundant life with God. I want us to evaluate, maybe, you know, in your mind right now, am I living an abundant life following Jesus? And, and if you are, uh, who are you influencing, loving them enough to introduce them to that abundant life as well? Uh, Solomon says in Proverbs that abund- an abundant life is rooted in God's wisdom. So we don't have the big uh, jumbotron up here. Um, hopefully we haven't trained you to rely on that, but that you have a Bible on your, uh, on your smartphone or you have a Bible. They, you know, they make them where, like out of paper and stuff. You can actually like flip pages and things. So maybe you brought your Bible. Maybe you have a, uh, a, a device that has a Bible on it. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter nine, and we're going to look at just a couple of verses there in Proverbs chapter nine. Um, it's always a good idea to have your Bible with you anyway, because I might be telling you, I can put anything up on that screen, right? Uh, you gotta gotta double check me and make sure that we're uh, we're on the right track. Proverbs chapter nine. If you uh, well, okay. I was gonna say if you open your Bible right to the middle, but most of you uh, have have it on your things. Just look for the table of contents. You'll find Proverbs. Uh, it's right in the middle of the Old Testament, and uh, we're gonna look at chapter nine, uh, beginning in verse six, and it says this: Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. And then jumping down to verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. Leave your simple ways and you will live. We could insert that abundant life right there. Life to the full, right? Uh, uh, leave your simple ways. In other words, live a wise life and you'll, you'll uh, be walking in the ways of insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One leads us to this abundant life. Wisdom and knowledge are the root of, uh, of, of life according to God. Of course, we have to have needs met, like Abraham Maslow talks about, but, but true life, fulfilled, deep, abundant, and eternal life rests in a relationship with God, what Solomon calls knowledge of the Holy One. Many weeks ago, I'm sure you've forgotten it by now, but that word knowledge has a whole lot to do with knowing someone in relationship and, and uh, not so much about just knowing facts about something or someone. So knowledge of the Holy One, having a relationship with God. And we can have all that because of Jesus. Uh, in the New Testament, in John 3.16, it says that because God loved the people of this world so much, he sent his son Jesus to redeem us, to restore us to a right relationship with him. We've all sinned. We don't d- deserve abundant life. But because God loves us, because his, of his grace, he has provided a way for our salvation, for our redemption. So as we live in this relationship with God, he makes us more and more wise and he changes our character. We become more like him. Like, like Solomon says there, we, we walk in the way of insight and, and we leave our simple, unwise lives behind and so we can truly live. Now, as, as we've seen in Proverbs, and as I've told you, it's not a, a promise of, of riches and wealth or of health and security as much as it's a promise of God's loving presence to be with us no matter what comes our way, even in 2020 and all the things that we're experiencing right now. We can still live abundant life because it rests in a relationship with God, not in the circumstances that we face. 
Abundant life doesn't have to be defined as self-actualization. Abundance rests in relationship with Jesus, walking through life hand in hand with him. And so when we gather, we always have to ask, uh, do you have a relationship with God? Are you walking down the path of wisdom and truth? Uh, that's, that's fundamental to our uh, living. Uh, we live to love people to life. To li- we've got to be living it first before we ever reach out to anyone else. It's possible to live life with God. And, and it doesn't involve earning your wings when a bell rings, right? That's, that's the movie. That's not the Bible. Uh, just simply confessing to God that, that you're a sinner, that you want to follow him, ask for his forgiveness, commit to learning and growing in your relationship with God. You can live a fulfilled life in relationship with God. And, and, and once you do that, then you're on a mission, You're on God's team accomplishing his plans. And part of the fulfillment of life, part of that abundant life, is that we are uh, accomplishing God's purposes in the world. Each of us should be looking for his direction in how we can love others in order to influence them toward abundant life with God. Remember, the mission statement is this. One, two, three, tell me. Uh, I don't know that it's getting any better. Let's try it again. One, two, three. We live... You're starting, to, you're starting to believe it, I think. I love the metaphors that Jesus uses in, uh, in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 5. He, he, he has two pictures that, that talk about this, this uh, influence that we have in the world. It's probably not new to most of you, but two things. He says in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, he says that you are the salt of the earth, and he says you are the light of the world. You probably know that salt was, uh, was an essential part of uh, life in Jesus' day. Without the modern conveniences of refrigeration, salt was the primary way that meat was preserved. Salt was also used as a seasoning, and, and salt has purifying qualities, especially with, in wounds, and it would, it would sterilize. And, and, and you know what? All those things could be great points to a sermon. I, could, uh, we could, uh, I probably have preached that sermon before. But today I just want to emphasize the fact that salt was essential to the culture of the day. And Jesus says that you and I, that we are the salt of the earth. And, and he said we're the light of the world, and light has always been essential to life and culture too, right? Light is, is used as a metaphor for a lot of things in the Bible. It, it signifies truth. Uh, it's, it gives us direction. It, it provides clarity. It also, in the Bible, talks about if we're walking in the light, then we're walking in holiness and, and following God's truth and, and direction. And, and again, those are great points to a sermon. And I think I could probably preach all those things about what light is. But today, I just want to emphasize again that light has always been essential to life and culture. And you are the light of the world. So if you're following Jesus, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, which means you're essential. We live to love people to life. As you live your life, you bring the presence and the influence of God to the world. And how much more do we, uh, do we need that than in times where we're living right now? There's, there's been a lot of talk during, uh, during this pandemic about essential workers. Um, I kind of felt good about myself that uh, the governor decided that pastors were essential um, that kind of gave me some, you know, some significance, I guess, um, which meant I didn't have to work at home. But I pretty much worked at home. But anyway, uh, it, it, 
essential workers. We think about the, those that are on the front lines, and, and many of you have been categorized that way as well and, and continue to, uh, to work. But I, but I want you to know that whether the powers that be say that you are essential or not, God says that as followers of him, as his representatives in the world, you are essential to, the work, to his work in the kingdom of God. We live to love people to life. He needs us, each one of us, to do that. And as with most essential jobs, it's not easy. Uh, those that are on the front lines working, uh, you, you see it every day on the news, the, uh, the long hours and, the, uh, and uh, many have been exposed to, uh, to things that they wouldn't have been otherwise. I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's extremely important. The light of the world, the salt of the earth, it's not easy but it's extremely important. Loving people to life, being salt and light can be time-consuming and messy and inconvenient and maybe even expensive. We've got to do it anyway because it's why we're here. We're on mission to live our lives to the full by loving those around us enough to influence them toward God and toward the life that he desires for them. We live to love people to life. I want you to hear I want to hear you say it like you mean it this time. One, two, three. I think you're getting it. I think you might be getting it. There, there are important opportunities every day, and we could talk about uh, all those opportunities, ways that we can show abundant, show this abundant life, draw love people so that they can know this abundant life. Uh, it can be in your home, right? Uh, uh, parents, grandparents, uh, your, your kids and grandkids need you to show them what it means to live for God, and when you do, you're loving them to life. Proverbs talks about that. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, the godly walk with integrity, blessed are their children who follow them. When we live out this relationship with God, this full and abundant life with God uh, in the midst of our family, in front of those in our family, then, then we're leading them uh, toward God as well. When uh, parents, grandparents, when they see, uh, when your kids see the way you're living, the way you love God and the way you love them, they'll begin to understand that they have a God who loves them too. Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's family devotions, maybe it's bedtime prayers. Look for opportunities to show God's love in your, in your family, in your home, with, with your kids. And, and it's also true with husbands and wives. How can you show God's love in your marriage? Maybe you don't feel like it all the time. No testimonies here, okay? We don't, want, we don't need any of that. But uh, maybe it means kindness when you don't feel like being kind. Maybe it means not holding a grudge. Maybe it need, means forgiveness or patience or, or spending time that you would otherwise spend somewhere else doing something else. Look for ways to let God love your spouse through you. Proverbs 24 verses 3 and 4, by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. What rare and beautiful treasures uh, are, are you leaving in your home as you love each other to life? Your friendships are important too. Pro, uh, Solomon weighs in on, in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If we're living for God and we're following him, we'll be influencing the people around us and they'll be influencing us. Maybe that's acts of kindness or, or spending time, conversations, walking through difficulty together. Uh, it, it could even uh, bleed into your, should even bleed into your social media presence. Are you encouraging and uplifting and loving people to life? In There's a good filter, right? But 
I wonder if we could put that onto our uh, social media feeds. Uh, am I loving people to life with how I'm uh, presenting myself on social media? Is, is, it, is it loving? Is it godly? Is it wise? Uh, be intentional about loving people enough to introduce them to life with God. It's all about having spiritual influence in people's lives. It's, it's why we're here. It's, uh, we have a mission. We live in relationship with God. We build relationships with others so they can live in relationship with God. It sounds simple, and yet it's real easy to get sidetracked. It's real easy to get our eyes and our minds focused on all the other stuff of life, the things in our own personal lives, the things in, the, in our country and around the world. Uh, but it, it really does come down to the, the, the simple way of living life with God and investing our lives for others. In other words, we could probably say it this way. We live to love people to life. Have you heard that somewhere? I have many times today. You guys have said it. I want to I want you to say it again and really say it like you mean it. 1 2 3 I think you got to do it one more time. 1 2 3 Okay, so by the time we get together next week, wouldn't it be awesome if you are ready to share at least one story? of how you loved someone to life. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a kid or a grandkid, maybe it's a, uh, your spouse, maybe it's a coworker. Uh, uh, think of, have it on your, not just the back of your mind, in the front of your mind, how am I going to love someone to life this week? Just one, if, if each one of us, I didn't count you here today, there's probably, pastorally speaking, there's probably, what, a thousand here today. And so, um, so we, uh, if each one of us did that, that's doubling this, uh, we're having spiritual influence in as many people as there are here, 50, 60 people. That's, that's an inf- and then if we do that this week, and then next week, and, then, and what if we did it like every day? I'm pretty sure that we're supposed to like do it every day, but uh, you know, I won't put that pressure on. What if you came next Sunday ready to share a story about how you loved someone to life that week? Not to brag on you, but to brag on Jesus and to, uh, to let us know how he's working in and through your life. Um, are you living life with Jesus? If not, you can. It's an issue of confessing your sin, believing in him, and following him. And then once you're following him, then you're looking for ways to love people to life. People are all around us, and we've got to take those opportunities. It's, it's why we're here. We are essential, especially right now. We are essential in the, in the community, in the culture, in the world where we live to take those opportunities to love people to life. You are essential. One more time. One, two, three. Father God, I pray that that wouldn't just be something that we say because the preacher makes us in the parking lot. But I pray that it would be something that we live every day. That we are, that we believe with all of our hearts that we are on mission for you. That, that you want to accomplish things through us. That we are essential. That the relationships that we have are for a purpose. That we have the chance to love the people that you've put into our lives so that they can love you like we love you. Lord, I, I pray that that would be a, a burning desire of our hearts and that you'll continue to, to bring us those opportunities. I pray that you'll, you'll continue to help us to be on track with you so that, we can, so that we're ready when those opportunities come. Lord, I thank you again for this day, for the, the sunshine and the breeze and the time that we can spend with you and with your people. 
And I pray your blessing on the, uh, the time that we have now as we, uh, we break bread together and, and enjoy a, a picnic lunch. Lord, I just pray for your guidance, for your love, and for your blessings in our lives. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go love somebody to life. <laughs>